Welcome to ASHTA Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials testing and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Now, here's our host, Brian Johnson. This episode of ASHTO Resource Q&A is going to be a little different than most. On uh, September 24th, Tracy Barnhart delivered a webinar on management reviews, and there were quite a few questions and answers uh, provided at the end of that webinar. Uh, so many, in fact, that they had to go into a little overtime. And what we decided to do with that information is take it and package it and put it into a podcast episode. So this is a bonus. Uh, from that webinar that was delivered on September 24th with some Q&A on management reviews. We hope you enjoy it. So this leads us to some questions. The first one we have for you, Tracy, where is the best place to find training to conduct internal audits? I've taken external training for internal audits. I don't want to name the actual agency because we don't want to endorse any specific agency. Um, I took, I believe it was uh, ISO related training 9001 and it was an intense five day course on internal audits. I thought it was fantastic. It was a number of years ago that I took it. But there are a lot of resources out there for internal audit training. I would direct you to ASQ.org, the American Society for Quality. They offer a lot of training, and I know they're doing a lot of webinars um, right now because of COVID. So maybe check there. Thanks, Tracy. And we also say for on that topic, we also have an article that I linked to about internal uh, audits, about the facts of that. So if you look in the chat, there's a link for that, too, if you want more information on um, internal audits that we've provided. Great. Next question, Sam wants to know, in general, is a written reply slash follow-up required following a management review addressing any items or concerns identified in the management review, similar to an internal audit finding? It's not required, but that is excellent practice. I'll tell you how we handle that. We call those things action items, and I highlight them on our notes in bold and red font. And I transfer those items into an Excel spreadsheet that I call the action items spreadsheet. We have monthly management and quality meetings. And if time permits, we actually go to the action items spreadsheet at each of those meetings. And we go through them and give a status update on each of those items so they don't fall through the cracks. Because otherwise, if you're not tracking it, it likely will fall through the cracks. And that's happened with us in the past. That, that definitely helps us stay on track with those. But it's not required by ASHTO R18. Unless there is something that is non-conforming, then of course you would want to issue a corrective action report, like if you weren't meeting a goal that you have stated in your QMS. Gerald wants to know, how closely does ASHTO follow ISO 9001-2015? Very closely. We have been certified to ISO 9001 since 2006. It happened right before I became quality manager here. And we are audited yearly for conformance to ISO 9001. Our quality management system is actually based on the requirements in ISO 9001 because we're not a testing laboratory. So ASHTO R18 would not apply to us. But yes, every year we're audited and we're making sure that we're meeting those requirements. Next question. Ryan wants to know, 
Um, you indicated that management reviews complete, completed remotely and via email will not be as effective as getting together as a group. So then why are we being forced to complete on-site assessments remotely? Well, we're doing remote assessments because of COVID-19, and we're actually doing our management reviews right now and our internal audits remotely. We're doing the same exact thing that we're asking our customers to do. We have not been in the office since March, and in order to stay on top of these things, we are doing them remotely, and we've actually found them to be quite effective we just had that management review a few weeks ago for the Astro Accreditation Program, and it was just about like being there in person. And Brian, I don't know if you want to chime in on on that, but I thought it was very effective. I thought so too. And, and I mean, you saw a little snippet of the report there. We had a lot of good conversations, just like we would in person. Tools like Zoom and Teams and uh, FaceTime really help us uh, stay together even when we're far apart. Absolutely. And, and we're on camera during those. So it's almost like being in a room physically with someone. Yeah. And that's a little different than just sending an email, as you mentioned earlier in your presentation, Tracy. Yes. That it's a, a little different thing, but good question. Our next question is, how high of management is reasonable to accept? I'm in a large company and most of our management is significantly removed from the day-to-day. <laughs> Well, if they're significantly removed, you may not need to include them, but if they're making decisions about your budget or whether or not people can go to training or you need their approval to change a policy, I would try pretty hard to get them there to be involved in the discussion. But we understand that. I mean, obviously we have people higher up the chain than Steve Lanker and Bob Lutz. We don't get ASHO headquarters involved in our management review we keep it contained within our organization in Frederick, Maryland. Uh, but it does depend on the organization. And that's a decision that you would have to make yourselves. But definitely want to get those decision makers in there. Um, all right. Next question is from Jeremy. Being AASHTO accredited, how can I explain to my upper management who are retired te Texas DOT and are <laughs> not familiar with ASHTO accreditations, the benefit of having ASHTO accreditation and paying for the audits and proficiency samples. Okay, Brian, would you like to answer that since you're the manager of the ASHTO accreditation program? Well, first, I think you should have a sit down with them and say, hey, you were a Texas DOT employee. Why are you not advocating for ASHTO accreditation <laughs> here? Uh, it's a, it's a great way for um, top management to know and for your customers to know that you are adhering to uh, quality management requirements set forth in R18 and uh, policies in the ASHTO accreditation program, as well as in conformance with the standard test methods that you're using. So there are a lot of benefits to being accredited. It also gets you work. Right. Uh, hopefully, TxDOT is requiring that now, and, uh, and that can help you. Uh, but I know the, uh, the Army Corps of Engineers, the FAA, uh, certain local uh, you know, counties, cities require ASHTO accreditation. Uh, so it can bring a lot of business to you. There's some prestige with it. Uh, and it's as an as a, uh, employee of a company that is ASHTO accredited, uh, you also have some assurances of a commitment to quality, which uh, should help you and everybody else there uh, be able to do your best work. Our next one's from Tony. Would review of new method, uh, let me read that again, sorry. 
Would review of new method implementation (laughs) look different in a management review compared to older laboratory practices? So a new method of implementation versus some old practices. How would those look different? I'm not sure I understand the question. Can you read it to me one more time? I will read it and not fumble. Okay. Would review of new method implementation... Look Does that mean new, new test method implementation? I feel like m- maybe policy. policy policy implementation. Okay. Um, look different in a management review to compare to older laboratory capabilities. So if you just got a new added a new scope is how I'm I'm interpreting this. If you just added some new tests to your testing lab, like to your testing capabilities, does that review of that look different than things that you've been doing for years? Is how I'm interpreting that, Tony. If I'm wrong, type in. I don't think it should be different. It should be similar to what you've been doing all along. It's definitely important if you are adding a scope to your, a test or a scope to your testing activities to incorporate all of those as you would what you've been doing all along. So I don't think it would look any different. You might want to actually spend a little bit more time on the new stuff than you would have on things that you've been talking about for years because it is something new to your scope. Uh, but I would treat it in the same manner and, and perhaps just p- provide a little bit more emphasis on it. Brian, did you have something to add? Yeah, I would just add that changes are, are a good test to the uh, robustness of your quality management system. Uh, so if you're adding a new scope, that's a good time to look at your training procedures and uh, staff understanding of what that change is going to be. Any other uh, ancillary changes that have to take place with administrative or, or fees or anything else, right. storage. There's all kinds of things that can happen there. Uh, promotion of that, uh, staffing, all, right. all kinds of issues can come up when you have changes. So it, it's good to look at that, what you've added and what you've subtracted uh, during those management reviews, whether you need to consider other avenues as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we do that at our management reviews if we're getting set to add a new scope to our services. We do circle back to all the things that Brian just mentioned to make sure that we're covering all of our bases. Kevin wants to know when the next R18 revision is expected to be published. I'm thinking that's a question for Brian. That would be Brian for sure. Yeah, there, there, there is an R18 uh, ballot in the, in the uh, preparation stages has to go through, just to let you know, it's an AASHTO standard, so it goes through the AASHTO Committee on Materials and Pavements. It is a uh, two-step process, generally. It has to go through a, a sub, uh, subcommittee and then committee uh, ballot. So once it is submitted, which should be relatively soon, uh, then they'll be, can anticipate about a year, year and a half before it's actually published, and then we would, of course, communicate those changes to people. If you go to our website, you'll see the changes to the last R18 uh, are up there. And uh, with it, we probably will be having some changes to the AASHTO uh, accreditation procedures manual. Uh, in the meantime, we've had a lot of policy and guidance documents we posted on the website uh, to keep people informed uh, and improve transparency of the accreditation program. So check that stuff out. And if you have any input that you'd like to put into R18, uh, you know, just because it's voted on approved by the DOTs doesn't mean that private industry is excluded from the exercise. So anytime you have suggestions for improvement, you can send them to us, uh, info at ashtoresource.org. Uh, you could send them to me. Actually, you could send them to any of us and it'll get to the right place. Yeah. 
And Michael wants to know, um, so said you mentioned software that helps you maintain your QMS. And he wants to know, can you tell us what software you use? I can't. I'm sorry. We're prohibited from doing that because we don't want to look like we're endorsing any particular agency. I have done some exploration of all of them and they, most of the big companies do offer similar services. So you might want to reach out to other agencies that maybe are using those. They typically would put uh, on their websites names of companies that are using their software and you could just reach out to those companies and see how their experiences are with it. And from my understanding, there's a lot on the market. So yes. And it's not cheap. I will tell you that it is not cheap. (laughs) Um, Kyle wants to know in our management reviews, our laboratory struggles finding customer complaints. (laughs) We we are producer and our customers are our internal terminals. We know our laboratory isn't perfect. However, is there a way we can initiate or encourage our terminals to um, initiate customer complaints through the season? We've tried small surveys, however, and that didn't seem to help. Well, I will tell you that we use, and Kim is very familiar, we use, uh, can't name it, I suppose, right? Can we name it? I don't know if we can name it. An employee engagement and survey. Survey, yes. And if you search for that on the web, you'll find it probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we do uh, a survey once every couple of weeks of our employees. And you're saying that your customers are your employees. Well, we're we're concerned about what our, our employees are saying as well. So you can put any kind of a question on there at any frequency, I guess, right, Kim? Mm-hmm. And people can respond anonymously, which is great about that. So you don't know who it came from at all. And people feel really free to offer suggestions or, you know, we're not encouraging people to complain necessarily, but we want to get feedback from our employees and our staff to see what it is that we can do to improve what we're doing. And, and we've been using that for years now, haven't we? Yeah, since 2014, I believe. And it's very easy to use. You just get it in your email and just click on it and answer the question. It, it takes like 15 seconds to do the whole thing. So you might want to explore something like that. And I, I personally would recommend if you make it anonymous, you're going to get more, more honest feedback from that. So perhaps that um, surveys in the past maybe weren't at, weren't anonymous. So people didn't really want to complain. Um, as a follow-up to that question, he also wants to know, do if we see other facilities with no customer complaints, like, is that a common thing or what? It is common. We, well, it, we hear that all the time. We never get complaints. But then when we're doing our assessments and we get into talking to people, they'll say, oh, our customers are always complaining about our technicians showing up late in the field or we're not getting the test to them in a timely manner. You have to determine, is that a complaint? It sounds to me like it's a complaint. So maybe you need to dig a little bit deeper into what it is that you're identifying as a complaint. We certainly get complaints from our customers, not a lot, but we do. Um, But I've been to agencies that have been in business for 50 years and they tell me they've never received a complaint from a customer. And I just, I'm astonished by that. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I hope that answers your question, Kyle. Um, And if we did, if we're not answering these questions, again, you can reach out to Tracy directly or submit another question and we'll be happy to clarify if if I'm misinterpreting or this. Absolutely. All right. Gary says, you mentioned being ISO 9001 compliant. Is that something you find common in the laboratories you audit as well? 
No, very uncommon. Uh, I've only been to a few laboratories that have it, and it's mainly they have that because they do work internationally because that standard is recognized internationally more so than ASHTO R18 is. But I will say it was a lot of work to get the certification and it's a lot of work to maintain it, but we love it. It keeps us on our toes. It makes us do things at regular intervals and we have those yearly audits and we are, there are always findings or not always, but almost always there are some sort of finding and improvement opportunities identified and, and we love it. We, we welcome the feedback from our auditors and it's really made us a better organization for sure. I would agree with that as well. Um, our next question is, is there a difference between quality meetings and management reviews? <laughs> oh, and management reviews. Okay, mm -hmm. well, that depends. A quality meeting, if you're covering all of the topics, all of those inputs that I discussed that R18 requires, if you're covering all of those at your quality meetings, that may suffice as a management review. So you'll have to take a look at your agenda and make sure that you actually are covering those things. We have monthly quality meetings and we might only talk about one or two of the things that are on the list that we have to do for our management reviews. So we don't consider those official management reviews. We do that exercise separately. So it does depend, but maybe, maybe not. It depends on your organization. And then follow-up question just for myself. You'd have to doc maybe document and record yes. those a little bit differently then. Yes, and that's, that's a good point too, Kim. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure that there's a record of that. A lot of times I know laboratories have management meetings or quality meetings, but they don't record any of the notes from the meeting. So if you don't have any evidence that that actually took place, that would not be acceptable for ASHTO or 18. Thank you. Patricia has a question. She says, our upper management was out of the country and we had to get the management review done to comply with our QA system. He designated a substitute, which is in our QA manual and accept right. as acceptable, but the person reviewing our OSA refused to accept the substitution. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. I don't know the exact details involved there. I don't know if the person that you substituted is technically part of upper management, top management. Uh, if that's the case, and if it's something that's still going on, that maybe you just had an assessment and it wasn't accepted, maybe you can reach out to me separately and I can dig into that a little bit for you to see what's going on, or maybe it's already on the report. Um, but I'd like to look into that, especially I, I was glad to hear that you document that in your QMS that you can substitute someone in that case. Obviously, the person was out of the country. so. Because I don't know all of the background details, I'd like to know more. So if you want to reach out to me at tbarnhart at ashtoresource.org, I'll be happy to look into that for you. All right. So we have a follow-up question. Um, do, does Ashto Resource get external audits as well? We sure do. We have the ISO 9001 audits once a year. And then we received ISO IEC 17043 accreditation by A2LA um, just uh, three years ago now, four years, three years ago. And they audit us yearly. We're actually going to have our audit by them next month. And that is for our proficiency testing program. And that was also a lot of work to get that accreditation. And we are so happy that we did it. Um, now we are very happy that we did it. <laughs> it was a lot of work leading up to it. So yes, we are probably audited maybe more than many of you are, if you can believe that. <laughs> we do like an audit, don't we? Yeah, we do. We, act, we really do, Kim. You know it's true. We do. 
when I do internal audits, I, I'm sure the audience is thinking, no way, but we get excited about them. It's like, oh, Tracy's doing an audit. We can't wait. People will say that. I can't wait to see what we can improve. Mm -hmm. And that's how we feel when we get external audits. I mean, it's definitely uh, stressful at times being under the gun during those audits, but we reap the benefits. We love it. We want to always improve and we live and breathe quality. So bring it on. I've been in the uh, chat. I had put some articles in into some links to articles awesome. and Mackenzie wanted to know if we had anything for management reviews and we currently don't have any articles for management reviews. We don't, recalling. yeah, we don't, but we are about ready to publish a policy and guidance document on management reviews and internal audits. So look for that. Uh, hopefully we'll get that done within a month or so. It's in the final editing processes. It's something that I wrote and Brian reviewed it for me and we just want to run it by a few other staff members before we publish it. And speaking of policy and guidance documents, those are also on our website in reUniversity and we'll add this one uh, at that time and then you'll be able to have a concise document that talks about internal audits and management reviews. And of course this recorded webinar. Yes. So yeah, th there's a lot of stuff on our reUniversity um, page. It is just ashtoresource.org slash university. But if you want to go there and have a lot of different information there for people. Okay. Brian wants to know, our last management review only involved my manager and I, mainly because we make the most decisions involving our labs. Do you re recommend involving anyone else, like one of our lab techs? Well, that depends. You sometimes get into sensitive issues during a management review, and that's why we don't invite anyone outside of the management level to our management reviews, especially when you're talking about staffing, because we might get into, hey, we're thinking about creating a new position, something that you want to keep confidential to just the management group. You may be talking about performance issues with certain staff, and that's why you're getting so many complaints about a particular individual. I'd be a little bit leery about doing that for those reasons, just to protect uh, the confidentiality of some of the information that you might be discussing. It's up to you though. We don't, we wouldn't do that though. And I don't share the notes from our management reviews with the entire staff. I only share them with the management group, but when I do internal audits, I do share the results of those with the entire staff. And if, I am talking about specific employees in the internal audit. I don't name them. I would just say several of the quality analysts indicated this or did that instead of actually listing who they were in the actual report. Thank you for that, Tracy. Mm -hmm. um, so Robert has a question and I think I can answer it. And if I can't, then maybe Tracy can. Okay. Um, but I, I only can answer this, I think, is because we did a podcast. <laughs> okay. So that's the only reason I think I can answer it. Otherwise, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not normally the person. But Brian wants to know um, how to obtain ACI certifications during COVID. It seems we are unable to locate, uh, um, locate one. So I think that you... Different, um, I know we've, we, uh, an episode of the podcast, we did not have someone from ACI, but we had somebody else from a, um, a certification body on, and they were talking about how they're making changes and doing pivoting during COVID to be able to do those things. So I would encourage to do a little more research on that and really look into it. Um, but do you have any other guidance, Tracy, about how to 
get certifications? For I technology? don't beyond just reaching out to the organization directly and seeing what their plans are. I know that we've been very flexible and forgiving during COVID, at least the early parts of COVID, understanding that you simply could not get the certifications. And I think with some organizations, you still can't. And we understand that as long as there's a plan of action in your corrective action that you submit to us and it's an acceptable plan of action should be okay. But again, reach out to those organizations, reach out directly to your quality analysts and get advice from them as well. And I would add as well, um, document when you're deviating from what you've said that you need to do and your require, like your internal requirements, document when that, why that's not the case right now. Yeah. And that's a really good point, Kim. I mentioned this during the um, webinar. If you're not meeting your goals related to certification, and you're not able to get them in a timely manner. You really should issue a corrective action report for that. Uh, we got behind on proficiency sample production, obviously, because we went to full-time work from home for months at Asha Resource. I got behind on internal audits and management reviews. We got behind on doing assessments for a few months. So I did, I'm going to issue a corrective action report to discuss why that is, and I'm going to keep it open until we're back on track, which we are just about back on track. So hopefully that gives you some guidance there, Robert. Kyle again wants to know. Is this Kyle K? It is. Hi, Kyle K. I know who you are. Kyle wants to know, do we anticipate more policies being published about guidance for purchasing reference equipment? As an example, is it, is it a great doc document that we had for thermometers? So we have the thermometer policy and guidance document. Um, do you know of any in the works, Tracy, for any other reference equipment? I don't, but I will make a note of that to see. I don't know if we have one on selecting a calibration agency. Do we have a policy and guidance document for that? Think, I'm not sure. I think we do. Um, um, we have a no, lot let of me make a note of that, Kyle K. And I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, we have a lot of policies in our policy and guidance section um, of our document library. And I can't recall if we have one of those, but a quick search might be able to, we might have one on cal selecting calibration agency. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we don't have one for reference equipment, so... That's a great idea. Thanks for that improvement opportunity. Always welcome. We're going to wrap up right now. And so I want to thank Tracy for staying on for extra time. And I want to thank everyone for staying with us and asking your questions. And if we didn't answer any of them, feel free to email Tracy or you can email our general email at info at ashtoresource.org. So yes. thank you for spending some time with us today and have a great day. Thank you so much, everyone. And that was the Q&A follow-up to Tracy Barnhart's September 24th webinar on management reviews. If you'd like to see the whole webinar, it's available on our website. Just go to ReUniversity and find our webinars there, and you'll see her uh, recording of that, which includes some of the Q&A in addition to what Q&A we have on here. Uh, if you have any other questions or something else popped into your head as you were listening to those conversations, just email Tracy Barnhart at tbarnhart at ashtoresource.org. And if you think we need to explore management reviews more, uh, let us know by emailing podcast at ashtoresource.org. We hope you enjoyed this additional FAQ episode or Q&A episode uh, featuring Tracy Barnhart. Thanks for listening to Ashto Resource Q&A. If you'd like to be a guest or just submit a question, send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org. 
or call Brian at 240-436-4820. For other related news and content, check out Ashto Resources' Twitter feed or go to ashtoresource.org.